A thump in 4-1 win, potential movement in the transfer window and a step forward in the ownership takeover saga. It's going to be a busy one on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello, I'm Johnny Drury and welcome back to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast. As always, alongside the main man, Mr Lewis Cox. We've got goals to talk about, we've got a potential transfer to talk about and a name has finally emerged in the takeover chatter in what has been a busy week down at the Albion. Coxie, how are you, mate? It's been a busy few days, hasn't it? Hello, mate. Good to see you. I'm well. Hope all the listeners are well. Yeah, it has. It's been a been a busy old few days and I worked over the weekend, so it doesn't really feel like a Monday to me. They just all sort of blend. Um that period period between Christmas and New Year. But yeah, here we are. I'm still coughing from Swansea on New Year's Day, so who knows what's wrong with me. But uh we march on, Johnny. We do indeed. I think we're both pretty ill today. I've got a bit of a cold, you've got a bit of a cough, so we'll battle through. Um talking about some of the baggies hot topics. As we said, we got a really busy one. Today, on a number of fronts, we've got some great questions from you Baggies fans as well, so we're going to go through those too. Um, we're going to start with Blackburn, superb 4-1 home win for Albion against a pretty sorry Rovers side on Saturday, but a really good win for Albion. Very much needed, um, created a little bit of a gap now, or a little bit of a buffer to to some of the sides below them, um, and it was a really great display. Albion really didn't have to sort of get out of, get out of well, third gear or second gear, because um, Blackburn were pretty... Pretty woeful. And um, Cox, you just got a few sort of talking points to come from that, a few alternative talking points. Obviously, Brandon Thomas Asante is the man who grabbed the headlines. Unfortunately, didn't grab the hat trick headlines. We all thought he'd uh, <laughs> he got got himself a hat trick. And I think he was sort of in more hope than expectation, really, when he took the match ball home with him, as some Baggies fans may have seen on social media. Um, however, he didn't get the the I think it was the third Albion goal. It would have been his second. It was yeah. an own goal. But a fantastic display from Thomas Asante, I think, in the last couple of weeks, has done really well. You know, had a lot of flack. Um, and he's finding some really good form at a time where there's, you know, the other man, the big man, Daryl DK, is coming back to back to full fitness. And we saw him on Saturday almost got himself on the score sheet. For me, it lo- almost looks as if DK returning, you know, we've said this, but I think the proof is there now. That it's going to sort of get that little bit of extra out of him, maybe not in effort because we know he runs himself into the ground, but we might see, you know, that the, the finishes on, on Saturday were, were first class quality finishes. Um and we just might see we might see a better Thomas Asante now that DK is around. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, Johnny, really. I think you see that in football, don't you? Sort of similar example maybe, you know, look at Darnell Furlong generally playing look, I know he had a brilliant game on Saturday, but gen- generally been solid and consistent, hasn't he, since the right back came in? in Pippa um, so yeah it, it happens it happens in all positions um, I think it's a good point I think uh, a quick one I'd make on this I mentioned Furlong there the Townsend's in a similar bracket the other fullback but Thomas Asante is the leading example any surprise or coincidence that all of those were given a breather against Aldershot possibly not you know I think I think we saw a really but Thomas Asante gets plaudits from Corbrand for, for being available every game, running himself in the ground every game, the effort in every match. But if you're giving him, yeah, you know, from from what from Swansea to to um, Blackburn, that that two weeks best part of you saw you saw a really fresh and at it Thomas Asante, and and maybe those little different percentages there, you know, in having that little break, 
even if just one one game, it's useful, isn't it? Because you know, he, he tore Blackburn's defence apart, didn't he? You know, and it was a fairly experienced Blackburn defence, by the way. And you know, he's, the goals that were is Johnny. The two goals that were is the finishes. They were they were quality, weren't they? They were um, the the first one, especially across the keeper. It, it and his finishing comes under fire at times, doesn't it? And you know, the, the general opinion on him is that if he's just doing things on instinct, very good at it, sort of natural. But if he's got more time to think about it, then he struggles a bit. But I think that first goal the other day, he he, he had to come forward with the ball. He, he had time to think what he was doing and he, he put it into the far corner. The second one, I suppose, was a bit more instinctive, wasn't it? Into the ground and up into the roof of the net to make it full warm. But there were great finishes and his tally continues to climb, doesn't it, up to 10. So, yeah, I, I am delighted for him. Um, it's a shame, isn't it, about the OG, and it's a shame he couldn't get the, the scrappy bundled one because that's a, a proper striker's goal, isn't it? But the the emergence of DK, obviously scoring, you know, against all the shots and looked sharp, didn't he, for 15 minutes um, against Blackburn, inches away from, I think, a stoppage time goal, re- really sort of sharp first-time effort from Furlong's very good cross. And, um, yeah, he just looks at it, DK, looks, looks decent shape, lean, um... Yeah, I don't, when's he gonna when's he gonna start a game, DK? I suppose that's a million dollar question, isn't it? And quite hard to answer, really. Um, don't think it will be at Norwich. Um, I don't, and then obviously it's the cup, so who knows? But uh, yeah, what a boost, you know. And we'll get on to transfers later on, won't we? But it appears that you know another sort of forward, albeit a versatile one's on the verge of checking in. So yeah, as we said on the video after the game, Johnny. You, like to hope that you know through the clouds somewhere is a is a little glint of you know dare we say options in attack you know we've wanted it all season haven't we and it's uh it's been tough going for the head coach but yeah i thomas Dante's performance was excellent i'm chuffed with him for the goal tally and i think the dk returns a real boost as you rightly say yeah real boost indeed two other people i want to talk about and i thought they were superb on Saturday they've been superb in a number of games this season and for me maybe arguably apart from Leicester they are probably the two best central the best central midfield partnership arguably in the division at the moment Okai Kushlu and Alex Moat certainly Alex Moat on Saturday they give Albion such a base to build from you know the, the way that they work together and for Alex Moat he couldn't really get in the team at the start of the season um, and he's just come from absolutely nowhere you know come back from his loan spell. Um, and those are the two that will never really grab the headlines. However, I think they go very, very quietly about their business. And certainly, in, you know, the way that Okai gives options to the back line when they're coming out of tight spaces, but and then Moet, you know, Moet's range of passing and going forward. They just, what I'm trying to say is they complement each other so well and they're going so yeah. under the radar in these terrific Albion performances at the moment. Yeah, they were great, weren't they? You're right about them complimenting each other. One thing I noticed about Okai, and it's it's not a new thing, but I think it's a point worth making. He's exemplary in tight spaces, isn't he? Really, sort of. Um, what's that old adage? He could he could keep the ball in a phone box, you know, from 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 defenders. He, he, tight space is just not a problem for him if he's surrounded by two, three. You can generally find a way to keep hold of it, find a way out, find a pass. Um, yeah, maybe it's often not spectacular. He can do spectacular things, little turns, little touches, a bit of physical play, the odd pass. 
very different player to Moat. I mean, Moat's got some engine, hasn't he? This time last year, we were probably talking about how Malumbi's like a do-it-yourself bunny and runs himself into the ground all game, every game. But Moat sort of does it differently. He's not... Yeah. Malumbi runs in the kind of way Wallace does, doesn't he? Where you can tell it's 100 miles an hour. He's sort of tearing himself into the ground. It doesn't come across like that from Moat, but the, the ground he covers is unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. He's been a revelation this season, Moat, I think, hasn't he? Um, you know, I had a loan last year, went okay, was sort of in Borough side, out the Borough side. Um, didn't exactly tear it up by, by any means, but, um, yeah, I, I don't think he had a good pre-season, didn't he? And then we were all a bit surprised by why he was out of the side in the opening weeks. And I think Carlos Gorban explained he just wanted Moat to understand what the head coach wanted from him. And uh, what probably since, I don't know, Albion found some real form, really, what, late September into October, you would say. Moat's burst onto the scene and, I mean, with and without the ball, he's, he's really quality, isn't he? I think that's that's what jumps out for me at Moat. The way he can use the ball, we all know about his left foot, but without the ball, he's, he's a top operator as well, isn't he? And um, I know Malumbi's missing at the moment and was unavailable the weekend, but when he comes back to sort of contention, which is hopefully this weekend all being well, um, hopefully Chalaba's okay. I know he picked up a little stomach problem towards the end of that game on Saturday. But if Malumbi's around it, you know, to have all of those four midfield options available and like Malumbi's en- energy from the bench, I think Chalaba from the bench has been good of late, Johnny. I think he he seems to be playing with his head up and chest out, you know, like a figure of authority. And he can use the ball well. I think he's a, a good option late on in games. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you said at the top about the midfield in terms of relative to the championship. Can't think. No, and obviously we know about Leicester and is it Dewsbury Hall. He's probably the best performer I've seen this season. Winks, is it there as well? Um, but that them aside, I, I don't see many um, midfielders I'd, I'd have over what Albion have got. Certainly in their starting two at the minute, they are. They've been a massive part of it, haven't they, Johnny? A, a massive part of it. The back line. And obviously the clean sheets of the, of the back line with Palmer, certainly the central defenders. But as you rightly said, the, the centre midfielders in front of them play a massive role in that clean sheet record too. So, um, yeah, massive ticks from, from both of them, certainly from Saturday. Yeah, Dana Furlong is another one who shot, you know, you've already referenced yeah. them already, Sean, on, on Saturday. Best performance in a long time. And what we did see as well is Albion, Albion were very dangerous from long throws, which has been pretty non-existent for quite quite a long time um, but an impressive display all round Cox so, you know it's two I think it was two assists in the end wasn't it yeah um, nearly more and just well, yeah. you know for someone who who gets a lot, a lot of criticism um, and at times he has deserved criticism for performances but I thought he's really he really stepped up he, he has in recent weeks but Saturday was uh, was right up there yeah I think he's been consistent um, I think he's been consistent for a few months now really I Saturday was a standout, and you're not going to get those every week, are you? I mean, you, you could, obviously, you have a sort of elite player for the division, I suppose, but he's been steady, steady to good for for most games, I would say. Um, yeah, credit to him. Could have had more assists. It was it was a really good performance from right back, wasn't it? And I think, I mean, we do this all the time, so maybe it's hypocritical, but Corbin does ask for different things from his fullbacks and, and all over the pitch, really, but. Some weeks, there could be more onus on Furlong to be up to thwarting Wallace or whoever. 
some weeks it could be the other way and it's Furlong who's told, sorry, and it's Townsend who's told to uh, make more ground down the left. So, yeah, I, I often think we, you know, sometimes we're, we start thinking, well, why isn't the fullback up there doing that? And they have their instructions from the head coach that obviously we're not entirely privy to. We don't have the, you know, the reams of tactical instructions from Carlos Corbran, which changed, you know, per game, probably per half, to be honest. So um, we don't always know what they're trying to carry out in terms of the instructions, do we? But yeah, it was it, it was hugely clear the other day that Furlong was a massive part of it. I actually raised him with the with Corbran afterwards, and and Corbran spoke about how you know the, the fullbacks would play an integral part against Blackburn because of Blackburn's wingers, you know. So it's almost like not not referencing that Furlong necessarily did brilliantly, but he did what he had to do against Blackburn's strengths, threats, you know. So. It's all so relative, but bottom line, yeah, he had, he had a great game. Two assists. Two, you know, the throw, obviously we know about the throw, and Albin should do more from throws and corners, shouldn't they? They, they just should. Um, Bartley was a nuisance from it, and the goal sort of came from it. Even from the short corner that made the own goal, Moe having a shot, Bartley sort of got some on that as well, didn't he? So Bartley was a real nuisance. Word, a word for Tom Fellows, by the way, obviously. Brave, brave header at the back post for that first goal, his, his first league goal. But um, what a first half from him. What a performance. What a player. What an exciting talent Albion have on their hands, who clearly is being noticed. I mean, we did the England under-21s watching on story, didn't we? And we know there's interest in this window. So hopefully Albion can get those negotiations over the line. What, what a talent. Just week by week, game by game. He's just coming. I mean, I wrote today, if anyone of an Albion persuasion in the summer quite saw this emerging uh, levels of emergence from from fellows I'd, I'd be amazed but credit to the lad um i've got some interesting uh, quotes from carlos corbin actually to, to carry in the week um about tom fellows so you have to keep an eye out for that we haven't quite had the chance to, to run those yet but point johnny on furlong excellent performance i suppose tries to set a standard that you know he'll have to try and reach for and, and commit to more often than not his delivery was good can he replicate that more often mention the throw in you know the other assist he got was a big header in the box wasn't it from townsend lobbing it into the box from a recycled corner furlong gets up he's very good in the air isn't he and thomas asante knew that and was able to to read it and, and latch on to it so yeah great all that performance and and the ones we've mentioned there the midfielders furlong asante and and certainly fellows the, there was a number of weren't there of, of standout displays and it was it, it was it was very convincing and ruthless. Well, I'll say ruthless. It could have been seven or eight. Let's be honest. It was very convincing, and it and Albion weren't at their best, were they? Like you said, I don't think they were much out of third, third gear. Really, the odd fourth gear, maybe. But yeah, impressive. Impressive indeed. Um, fantastic win for Albion, and we're going to talk about Saturday's game in Norwich right at the end of the podcast today. But one point we need to talk about, and we were joking about this on last week's podcast because we recorded on a Monday. By the time it went out, it was a Tuesday. So we weren't able to talk about the draw. But what an FA Cup draw it was last Monday. The draw that, well, I know I have. And some Albion fans have been waiting for for many, many years. Albion drawn potentially against the old Black Country rivals, Wolves, in the fourth round of the FA Cup. That all depends on Tuesday night's replay against Brentford. But it's thrown up some fantastic memories um, and a potential, potential massive tie 
at the Hawthorns. Coxie, what was your uh, what was your thoughts on the on the draw when it came out? I know I've seen I've, one. I've seen a lot of Albion fans who are not keen on the game because it's going to yeah. ruin a uh, twenty five plus year home record against Wolves. I've also spoke to a lot of Wolves fans, some within our organisation, who are mightily worried about coming to the <laughs> Hawthorns, despite the fact that they are going to be favourites. Um, but yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, I certainly think yes. The Wolves win tomorrow night. It's the first time I'll be back in Wolves to win, probably ever, um, to set up, a, 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 as you called it a few weeks ago, a humdinger at the end Indeed, of the month. Indeed, mate, yeah. I mean, at the time of speaking now, we'll know in 36 hours, won't we? Day and a half, who, who are they going to face? I Going back to last Monday night and the draw, I I got that from the gym. I was hoping for a bit of dinner and to, to rush through a shower, but I thought, no, do you know what? I'll, I'll just watch the draw quickly. Um, you know, might have to do a few words on it or, you know, obviously a quick tweet or, or whatever. It could be something interesting, obviously, fourth round. And, uh, and yeah, there we go. As soon as that happened, you're like, OK, laptop's back out. Laptop is very much back out. It was a very much a case of hold the back page, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was. At, at half eight at night or whatever. Um, yeah, very exciting, I have to say. I, it would be, uh, from my perspective, in my role, it'd be a great game to cover. Damned hard work which is absolutely fine um you know our levels of work are high anyway aren't they in terms of hours and stuff but you know when something comes around like that i know we had the covid season the games behind closed doors but if you take that aside derby in front of fans for the first time since was it 2012 um yeah just the build-up will be the fact it's in the cup as well you know at the hawthorns the, the record I think it's a Sunday fixture, isn't it? Um, Sunday 28th. And won't it be 9,997 days or 96 days um, since since they've won there? Did we do uh, some fair counting on that, Coxie? Incredible, really. Yeah, there's a Twitter account out there, Johnny, that's counting every day. Or not every day, but does, a, does an update of, of how many days it's been. <laughs> and it's so close to that 10,000, isn't it? Um, but, look, I... I understand that the fans who don't fancy it, I, I, I understand it totally. I understand the fans on both sides who you know, dread it and, and all of that. Obviously, the hope in the long run is that Arvin get up and you know can, can build on that. And presumably, if Wolves don't go, um, then it becomes a regular league fixture and the fixture becomes more sort of familiar again, I guess, um, as, as it was over a decade ago. But yeah, when it comes around like this in a derby and yeah, there's a few, so many factors, isn't there? Albion being excellent at home, just yeah. I mean, I, I, the the build up would be great. You know, it'd be a real effort, wouldn't it, from everyone at our place? Certainly, um, the day itself would be. I mean, 11:45 a.m. It's it's mad, isn't it? You'll probably be sleeping over at the Hawthorns, won't you, Johnny? Um, yeah, probably, mate. I get that early. Although I was meant to have a night out for my 30th birthday the night before, which I'm having to curtail because I want to be well. Depending on Tuesday night's result, I'm gonna to have to curtail that. Way to celebrate to be... Johnny Drury's thirtieth, by the way. Yeah. Like oh, um, well, yeah, that would be some way, wouldn't it? No, but, yeah. it's, it's just yeah, I I understand it from both sides of the ones that are. I I just think if you yeah if you're not maybe in it for these days, what are you in it for type thing as a supporter? But, but I I get the trepidation as well. Nobody wants to lose the game today. Tie everyone wants to win and no one wants to lose. But look, it's it's hard, isn't it? Look from from Wednesday. If it goes Wolves' way against Brentford, it feels like it's going to be all we're, we're going to write about for 10 days, doesn't it? And 
the irony is so much going on, isn't there? We're going to get into the window where things have began to emerge. Obviously, the takeover talks ramped up last few days and will continue to. So, yeah, frankly, most likely to be a chaotic end of January in all, on all fronts. On all fronts, indeed. Um, not not to mention us... a six-hour round trip to Norwich this Saturday. Yes, yes, which will, uh, yeah, I want to forget about that for as long as possible this week. Um, uh, yeah. We'll move on to the, the ownership situation. We've been bringing you little snippets and little updates every week. Um, but there was a, a real development towards the end of last week. Um, I'll be fans of the seen reports of of, uh, of claims that three Three uh, three interested parties were, uh, were were keen on Albion and interested in Albion. It seems like one, uh, well, we've always been reporting that it's been a, a US-based uh, bid to buy Albion, and it seems like um, the identity of that is now being revealed. Um, Shillen Patel, based in Florida, um, a Tampa-born um, previous founder and chief executive of Health Access, a health insurance-focused software company, um, is the man who is behind as we understand it, the leading bid to buy Albion um, claims that his, uh, his sort of family is worth £400 million. Um, and they they are the main um, the main ones who want to want to try and take over Albion. Coxie, thoughts on this? You know, we, we were very much of the impression that, you know, we know that non-disclosure agreements are signed and, and it's very hard for, for names to appear. But we were very much were you sort of taken by surprise by this towards the end of last week no. or... I mean, no, I, I think back to last, well, maybe the last couple of pods, actually, and obviously um, stating that things were kind of, you know, had advanced, were moving forward and were accelerating. Obviously, there was um, the big old elephant in the room in terms of an ID, in terms of, you know, the group or individual or consortium that would would emerge, obviously, as, as we've reported all, all along, or not all along, but certainly for a good few months now, in terms of the, the nationality, as you say, Johnny. Um, but yeah, in, interesting, fascinating to read into it and obviously speak to people about it and back up the report as we did. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've been thinking about it over the weekend, I'm sure all baggies have, and, and reading up about him and other things connected to him. And I, I think I'm, in, I'm encouraged by his identity and where he's from, what I've read about, you know, Shilin Patel's values and you know, his, his background and, and all of that. But it's 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 hard to say, is it? You, you never sort of... What do we sort of know about him, Coxie? You know, I was doing a little bit of research into the name on Friday and there's not a great deal out there that we know about it. But what, you know, what just just give us some points that you've sort of discovered or, or, or little things that you found out. Yeah, so uh, I mean, his 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 father, Kieran, Kieran, I believe, is Kieran, uh, is sort of initiator or behind the family millions or or, or billions, or you know, you, you mentioned the four hundred um, million value there, Johnny. I mean, I, I've seen a report that suggests, you know, that the Patel family office, which which Shillen is is a principal of, in terms of assets of two billion dollars so you know it's it's um it's a fair valuation johnny it's it's more funds than uh, you and i could put together certainly <laughs> um so yeah I, the background is um I, I believe the father's background's insurance on the medical side and and shillen patel uh, dr shillen patel his background is likewise medical um oncology hematology i believe so you know we're talking yeah, we're talking top top level medicine aren't we clearly and you know obviously 
university educated, all, all of that top level. But beyond a doctor now, he appears you know, to be a, a serial businessman and entrepreneur um, and an investor, which is how I've seen, I think, him described, him describe himself. Um, initial reports stated he, he hadn't been involved in sport or football, didn't it, I, I believe. However, as we've seen, that's doesn't seem to be entirely correct. He he's involved in a club in Italy, isn't he? Or, or I say involved, he appears to be a minority stakeholder or have some stake in Bologna, the Serie A team, who um, you know might not be the biggest name in Italian football, but have a look at the Serie A table and they're fifth. So um, you know, not not bad. He, he's obviously got a little stake there and clearly an interest to have that. See on his Twitter profile, can't you? Which is sort of semi-regularly active he's shared some Bologna um, content on there so that was interesting I saw some quotes from him saying that he desires and wants to own a football club soccer club um, he's tried a couple of times he was quoted in saying but he hasn't yet and it fits doesn't it I, I read some quotes as well Johnny that sort of family morals and his morals in terms of their business acumen is to it, again People might read this a few ways and say, oh, that's not what we want to hear. But it's it's not that, you know, you invest in something and then splurge loads into it and, you know, war chest and all of that. And it's not that they, they like to they like to look at things that are I think the quote was something like, you know, businesses or ventures that people were running away from, you know, that, that appeared to not look the best. You know, you could say that about Albion's situation and finances, couldn't you? Well, yeah. And, and maybe salvage that. And, and, and salvage that and turn it around. And he, he was speaking about, you know, people with you know, community and, and, and proper morals, you know, something that's got a proper feel to it. And and it all fits, doesn't it, in terms of Albion, that, that feel for me. Um, so, yeah, everything I've, I've read of it, I'm, I'm encouraged by. I mean, it's, you know, in terms of the profession and background and the family-orientated feel of this individual, I think he's got kids, hasn't he, I, I believe, um, Dr. Schiller, and he's got, siblings he yeah i think in business with in terms of that family business so the background of, of medicine and education and all of that oh, God, i'm not going to reel off all of his business venture and exploits here because i haven't had the chance to really look through and, and and have it all certainly off the top of my head but from the from what i have read and sort of gleaned about him i'm, I'm encouraged by the background look he could have had a background or this individual or party or group could have had a background in something very different to this couldn't they i think this is a you know an honest profession clearly in a you know a big public service so but look he, he's an investor and he'll want to invest in a football club west bromwich albion to hopefully improve it and make it more successful make it more valuable that's the game isn't it so let's see um i guess the bottom line at the moment johnny is there's a long way to go and time frames are unclear um Time frame, frames in terms of the negotiations and things aren't immediately clear at the moment. However, as we reported, we understand that these are the front runners in terms of the group that I think all parties want to progress. We know about MSD Holdings, don't we? The US um, financial firm. Some reports that, that um, Dr. Shilin Patel's investment is what MSD would prefer, which I think is, is a big deal given given MSD of you know loaned Albion what in the region of 
26, 27, 28 million in the last year and a bit. Um, I think that's a, a big sway. And I think if, if they're sort of on board together and that, that will carry some some say. Um, I can see why Albion as a club and the, the people that have Albion at heart would be interested in his services and what, you know, his desire to, to get into, you know, football, the game over here in Europe. Um, however, this does come down to lie, doesn't it? This does come down to Gaoshin Lai and his got people, his representatives over there, that they are going to decide which which deal is, is the acceptable one and ultimately yeah. which and when it goes through. But yeah, in terms of timescales, look, you talk about exclusivity, we talk about it going through the EFL and ultimately the EFL's testing and things like that before it's rubber stamped. I, I understand it's it's good progress there. And um I'm not saying for a second it's definitively at the AFL stage of fitting, you know, di- uh, proper directors and owners tests and all that. But I, from what I believe and gather, the AFL are um, well aware of all this situation and you know keeping track and on tabs of it and things like that. So yeah, it sounds sounds good from that perspective. And yeah, I, I, from what I've seen of sort of reaction from the supporters, um, it, it was you know fairly fairly positive and, and upbeat and I can understand why it would be so it's good to have that sort of progress isn't it good I suppose good for the supporters to know that things are progressing in a good way as, as we've been saying um, but nothing is finalised is it in terms of time frame and I suppose the concern and worry still obviously we don't know if this is going to get over the line or, or make it but it's also where Albin's time frame is at in terms of their financing in terms of their latest loan from MSD you know, how long have Albion got you know, the, the can's not kickable down the road forever, is it, in terms of continuing to take loans and advances and stuff. So, um, yeah, as we've said before, you know, it's, 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 it is still a race against time and the clock st- is still ticking. But uh, encouraged, Johnny, I think. Don't know about you. Yeah, encouraged. Encouraged indeed. The other reason January is going to be busy is the January transfer window. And we saw the news late last week that Albion were uh, were close to a great deal for Andy Vyman from Bristol City. Carl Corbran has talked about wanting to bring in a couple of players and certainly versatile players in the four departments. And Vyman, the former Villa and Derby man, certainly brings that. Cox, we were kind of expecting it to be announced over the weekend, but it hasn't happened. Um, what's the latest on that? And is there any substance in that it might link in with a, a Taylor Garden Hickman deal? Obviously, he's on a season-long loan deal at Ashton Gate with a with an option to buy in that. What's the what's the situation around Vyman and that? Yeah, not confirmed over the weekend, Johnny. I, I haven't heard, um, as, as of the time speaking now, any sort of reason as to why, but I, I can only obviously deduce that, you know, fashion out the final parts in terms of negotiations and agreements of all that, that these deals aren't straightforward by any means, are they? So, you know, you mentioned Taylor Gardner-Hickman there, and if, if that is a part of it, which... I'm not saying for a second it is, and I think, you know, perhaps it could be, but perhaps they're two separate deals that the clubs are kind of working on at the same time type thing. Look, the, the TGH thing has been in the works anyway, hasn't it, in terms of a season-long loan with an option to buy and, and all of that. So, But these things aren't yeah, straightforward, are they, when you're talking about the loan fees and you know whether there is a loan fee and then the percent of wages and, and things like that. So... There's a lot to work out, but yeah, I haven't heard anything to the contrary that it should, by all means, as we revealed as a loan uh, until the end of the season, still be going through. And um, I quite like the, the idea of transfers. I was a little bit surprised when I heard his name initially. Obviously, a, 
a player that seems to have been around forever, isn't he? Um, forever and a day, really. I mean, I was shocked to, to read he was 32. I have to be honest. I'd, I'd have put him at a bit older. But look, realistically, a, a season, certainly a season, and by and large, a top championship performer, isn't he? 50 goals for Bristol City. And I know he's had a tough season, broken up by injuries this season. But if he's over and past that, which Albion will have to have sort of been confident and confirmed, I can see exactly why he'd be of interest in terms of being able to adapt. It knows the area, not just the country, the area. Knows the league like the back of his hand. The versatility is a big one, isn't it? Being able to be central or a bit deeper or wide if he has to. I know Corbin was looking for that versatile option. and Yeah, I um, someone who can nick a goal, certainly, isn't he? He's, he's proved that over how many years. And Big favourite, he's club, he's club captain down there at Ashton Gate. Someone who link play, Carney, and good pro, you know, by all accounts. I, I saw a few people say a few similarities to all Brighton last year, and I'm, I'm not sure about that necessarily. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, the more I've sort of come to think about Byman, I can, I like it, and um, yeah, I think I think it'll be a yeah, yeah, nice little addition if they can get that one over the line. In terms of what Alvin can realistically expect or go for at the moment. That we mentioned at Sarmiento, does it become another sort of inexperienced one who doesn't know the division? It's the other way with Vyman, isn't it? He couldn't know the league more. And we're not talking about a 35, 36-year-old who is, you know, maybe legs have gone or he's not at it anymore. He's still a player who's got stuff to prove, hasn't he? His contract's up at Bristol City. He needs to think about the next step. And he should view this as a massive one, being out of, out of contract. That, that's, that's a thing worth mentioning, actually, the fact his deal's up. It doesn't look like he's going to get a new one, new one there, does it? Under Liam Manning, so massive shot window for Andy Vyman, be it at the Hawthorns or for for whichever next club he has, has to come and perform. So incentive for him, I think it works for Albion, and um, yeah, all being well, see it over the line in the next few days. Yes, hopefully, um, hopefully that is the case. Any other players linked, Coxie, and certainly um, going the other way, we saw in the in the piece that. Um, we put out on on Friday. Seems to be interested in a, in a few Albion players. Um, Tom Sante, you know, we've heard about the fellow stuff, which the club has sort of relaxed on with his transfer talk, uh, his his, uh, his contract talks. But seems to be interested in a, in a few Albion players at the moment, which is uh, yeah, not what there, we want are, to see. There, there are other, there are other target names floating about, as there always are, aren't there? Sort of chucked out, mostly agent-led uh, type thing, where you see Albion named as one of two or several clubs linked with player X because agents and clubs know they want an attacker or they want a winger. I know Albion have made several inquiries in terms of loans, but they want two, don't they? And, and Vyman being one, I see the other, Vyman being one that's kind of that versatile one that's being a number nine. I see the other one to be more of an out-and-out winger, to be honest, more of a, you know, that's the position type thing, whereas Vyman will be the versatile option. So, yeah, I said, I mean, I said last time, I know they've made at least one, you know, an inquiry over at least one individual, but I They'll have had to spread the net far and wide, realistically, won't they? And we carried some Carlos quotes actually saying that Albion can't limit themselves in terms of looking abroad if they have to. Well, they were linked with a, yet another player from Hertha Berlin, weren't they, over the, over the weekend? I think that was a striker, though, so I'm not not quite sure about that, realistically. Um, but, yeah, I I think I think it's good. If, if environment can be over the line anytime soon, I think it's... A good start, say starts the window. We're halfway through, aren't we? But 
We don't didn't want to be certainly Corban didn't want to be waiting until the thirtieth, did he? The, the end of the month for these deals, Alvin couldn't really afford to do that. So um, it'd be a good start. Like if the other one has to wait, it has to wait. But at least you've got one in type thing on the exit front, Johnny. Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think it's no surprise. Alvin have performed well by and large all season, haven't they? And they've had individuals perform well. Say we mentioned a few of those in in the report. Myself and colleague Matt Mayer put together on Friday regards to takeover. Clubs are looking at Albion's situation and they know there's championship talent, potentially with potential to kick on a higher level. And they know Albion have a financial situation. So look, that financial situation could ease somewhat with a takeover, ideally. Um, but the point remains that the wage bill still needs to be reduced, as we've, as we've reported. Um, that there the are rules coming in from the not next season, the season after, where that, that wage bill to turnover, I think it needs to be at seventy percent or something. And Albion's is still north of a hundred. So, but as we've said time and time again, the summer brings uh, an ideal time, doesn't it, to get out of contract players moved on, if if possible. If you know, obviously, we want to want to keep some, but some will have to be moved on. Um, but Albion will have to entertain offers if and when they arrive this month. If if the club deem them to be suitable, I don't. There's no, I mean, no fire sale situation. I don't believe from from what I hear. But but clubs are, are interesting and are going to test Albion's resolve when it comes to the end of the month. Certainly, if the ownership situation doesn't happen happen. But even so, look, I'm not saying that you know Shilin Patel or whoever comes in in charge of Albion and say there are still good what the club deem acceptable offers towards the end of the month. The the test will be resolved. Because it, you know, but but whichever of those players it's for, um, the club need to ad- address the books per se. So, um, but we 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 sort of believe and we've been told that should the situation arrive arise where Carlos Corbin has to lose a player, be it a more fringe one or be it a key one, that Albin, if they decide they need to, will look to replace them. And look, that could be a player. This is all hypothetical, by the way. But a player goes out for X amount of million, Albin decide they can't turn it down. I'm not saying that that X million will be invested into a replacement because that's not how the situation is at the moment. We all understand that. But, you know, be it a loan, you know, an exciting loan, or maybe if there's a free out there that Alvin could then afford, you know, they, they would look to cover that position. They wouldn't look to leave core brand light if they realise a situation where they, you know, have a good fight at the promotion here at the playoffs. So, yeah, a lot to still unfold, I think, this window, Johnny. Um but it's no surprise to me, or I don't think it should be a surprise to anyone to hear that Alvin have got players being looked at, really. Yeah, it's not a surprise given the uh, the form, but hopefully, hopefully they can keep hold of them all. Time for uh, a shout out for uh, our sponsor, as always, all our podcast here at the Express are sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man, the place to get some fantastic graded products down there at Thorns Road in Briley Hill. Coxie, today we're going to talk. We've been talking about heaters in the last few weeks, and. Um, we were going to do today because it is absolutely freezing. However, we're going to talk about air fryers because everyone loves an air fryer. He's got some fantastic air fryers up for um, up for sale, and I've had some superb prices as well. Um, there's a lot of interest in air fryers at the moment. There has been phrase. You see that program the other day, air fryers. Day, you see the program air fryers versus microwaves the other day. Looked like an absolute. I saw some uh, some funny tweets about it, calling it the uh, the biggest derby and. In kitchen appliances, um, that's a real funny tweets. But uh, but yeah, talking about the differences between air fryers. The problem and is, Johnny, if if you're totally hapless and useless in the kitchen, like myself, 
and you can't cook. That's easy, mate. It, it, you don't need well, to cook to use an I, I air fryer. Know, I'd still back myself to burn dinner in an air fryer, <laughs> mate. Uh, that, yeah. That's my level, honestly. It's idiot-proof, mate. It's idiot-proof, so you'd be absolutely yeah. fine. You'd be absolutely well, fine. I, I, I dare say we might get onto my food habits with one of the uh, Twitter questions we had later on. Eh? Oh, yes. Yeah, you've been <laughs> uh, you've been was, spotted. You've been I was spotted. horrifically caught out by our friend of the book, <laughs> Mr. Adrian. <laughs> but yeah, as we said, uh, yeah, air fries versus microwaves on the TV. But the air fries blew them out of the water. And if you want to get your hands on one, you want to go down to the Kelton Toaster Man. He's got some fantastic prices. And get your hands on a salted, a dual basket, a double basket job, um, dual basket air fry for just £75. And that's just one of many products he has got down there. Um, all sorts of brands, Salter, Tower, you name it, he's got it down there. So head along to uh, to Thorns Road in Briley Hill or head along. To the catlandtoasterman.co.uk, not just air fries, but some fantastic prices. Um, and yeah, the Catlin Toasterman, your graded product specialist and proud sponsor of the Baggies broadcast. Right, Cox, as you mentioned there, we've got a lot of questions um, to answer. And I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with one of you, um, just to sort of back this away. I was going to talk about this with the takeover stuff. Um, Jaffy Ryder. Um, said, if Patel takes over, will Big Carly C get a war chest? Um, now, this is... I enjoyed this is Big what, Carly C. Big Car- yeah, yeah, I was trying to work out who Big Carly C was when I first read this, <laughs> um, stupidly. Well, it's um, not but, Gary Mason, is it, Johnny? Come on, <laughs> keep up. Big Gary M. Um, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's one that some fans are going to jump on. You know, you think of the takeover and you think of all this money, but, you know, from my point of view, uh, this, is, this is something we talked about on the Baggies Broadcast fan show a while ago. Um, my hopes for this is purely from a fan point of view and as a reporter as well you know yeah everyone wants a big takeover and spend loads of money but that's one not going to be able to happen with new sustainability rules that are coming in but two I think after what's happened and the worry that, that Albion fans have had in the last couple of years you know the worry we see we see with clubs elsewhere you know look, look at Reading this weekend you know I know that's that's probably a, a bit well a lot worse than the Albion situation but for me, I just want an owner that's going to run the club in the right in the right way. Um, you know, Jeremy Peace ran the club in the right way. Alvin did never never spent really above their means, um, and they did fantastically well for a number of reasons and because of a number of people. And that was, you know, you, you might not ever get that that type of scenario again. But you just want the club to be run in a proper way. And if it meant Albion being in the Championship for the next two or three years. You know, for me personally, I know the Premier League money is the be all and end all for a lot of people in football, and it, and it is because finance talks and money talks. But if if it is Shill and Patel, if, if if that deal does go through, for me, my hope is that Albion are on an even keel and back to, you know, spend not yeah spending within their means and just being just being solid and stable after you know the worry that we've had in recent years. And I know it hasn't got as bad as other clubs, and hopefully it doesn't. Um, we don't want that worry. I want Albion competing in the championship, but I want them to do it in a in a sustainable way that, that that gets rid of all these worries that we've had in recent years. Yeah, I think that's bang on, Johnny. I don't know how much I need to add to that, really, in terms of uh, like if you did a poll of the people listening now, you know, and said yeah, two options: option one, um, safe, secure, sustainable, stable club that will exist forever, um, or you know, other option: yeah, go into the prem by spending loads. You know, have a bit of fun up there for a few years by spending loads, and then it all crashes down and burn. You know what? What? What's the the voting going to be like at the poll of Baggies fans? You know, it's going to be close to 100% of being, you know, have a sustainable club, isn't it? And you know, have a solid sustainable club. And you're right. If it takes a few years in the champ to get it right with the 
manager or head coach. I mean, I'd back Carlos Corbett to get it right, by the way. But if it takes a few years, then so be it. At least you've got a club, you know. Look at Reading fans. They, yeah, you know, I mean, it's unthinkable, isn't it, the Reading situation? And yeah, we've seen other clubs be there, haven't haven't we? Um, but yeah, it, it just you, you nail on the head, really. And um, in in answer to the question regards War Chess, no, as we've said all along, no, that's not going to happen. Um, that's not going to happen for for reasons without outlined and. It won't happen in the summer either. I mean, we're having a different conversation if Albion get up. Um, but, yeah, look, all you want is an owner. You, you know, you, you've referenced Jeremy Peace there, but all you want is an owner and ownership that looks after the club and has its interests at heart, I suppose, isn't it? You know, and, and ensures that they're stable. And, you know, hopefully competitive while being stable, but prudent if they have to be to be secure and um yeah hopefully that is the near future for Albion. yeah hopefully it is thank you very much for your uh your question um brick top 81 mofile and the manner of his departure for uh, sorry in the manager in which he's left doncaster seems against the wishes of both clubs ill-advised by his agent perhaps poor attitude seems odd considering how well he was doing at doncaster this was the news it come out um grant mccann the doncaster manager confirmed that mofile had, had pushed for a, to go back to west brom um, after some conversations between him and his agent last week, he was doing quite well at Doncaster. I think he scored nine in thirty odd games. Um, but yeah, seems a bit of a silly one, Coxie. And from what we can read between the lines, West Brom aren't massively happy either. Um, yeah, from from what well, from what Grant McCann said first of all, Johnny. I mean, Doncaster and Albion both wanted Mo Fowl to see out his season long loan. At, uh, at the Keep Up Stadium, which is a, a ground. I don't know if you've ever been, Johnny, but I've been too many times. Some would say too many times. Um, I bet Albion had a... Well, I bet. I probably know. Albion had a few games at the Keep Up, wouldn't they? When uh, Donny's championship days? Or would have Albion have been in the Prem? I'm trying to... Uh, I'll have Baggies fans screaming at the uh, at the podcast now. Johnny, have you seen Albion at the Keep Up? No, I haven't, mate. No. Is it, have you been? That one to tick off for you? It is one, yeah, but I remember Albion winning the title at the Keep Moat. Um, oh, there you go. Under Di I remember them days. I think, knew, uh, yeah, I, at, the back of my, at the back of my, in the grey matter in my brain, I knew there was a big, there's a big yeah. way day there. Yeah, for, yeah. Um, but I didn't want to say it in case I, uh, in case I was thinking of the wrong stadium. But yeah, I've had some cold nights up in Donny. Um, anyway, sidetrack. Um, Mofile, yeah, just looks totally ill-advised, doesn't it? Let's let's be honest. Uh, well, I, I mean, who knows? He could go. Yeah, after he's returned now, could go out for a better loan and do well. However, he could go out for a, what's perceived to be a better loan and it could not work at all. You know, be it a bottom-end League One club who are struggling to score, yeah, is that any good for him if they're, they're not creating much? Or, you know, might go to a better League Two club who are higher up the table and do all right. But I, I, we said before, didn't we, maybe last week, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I just, it yeah, is. it seems uh, very strange. Agents in football, agents with young players in football. It's um, yeah, it was interesting quotes from McCann, wasn't it? It's not too often you get the manager that that outspoken and honest about the situation. It clearly, sort of happens when they're miffed, really. Um, and it was uh, it was interesting to have a little peek behind the curtain on that. I, I would say, and um, yeah, something to resolve there, really. And it's a shame for, for foul, but you know, it's happened now and. I think he'd scored for a little while. I think mean, I saw saw some Doncaster fans suggesting he was looking a bit tired. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have to hope he can um, have a you know decent second half of the season and it can make this decision to return from Donny worthwhile, really. Yeah. Uh, Simon Hevigan's got in touch. Do you ha- um, sorry, do the club have a contingency plan for if the takeover doesn't happen or takes several months? It's probably a difficult one to ask Cox, answer Coxie, but it's a good point. You know, it, it, it's getting, it's looking good on the takeover front, but if it doesn't happen, you know, is there a, a contingency plan behind the scenes? We'd like to think so. Well, yeah, it's one I'd I'd love to be able to provide clarity and an answer for at the moment, but I I haven't. I'm sure that there will be, and I'm sure there is. However, details of which remain to be seen. Um, look, I think Alvin took the second loan from MSD at the end of November into December when the pot wasn't totally empty, as far as I believe. Um, and suggestions are obviously they took a smaller loan. Suggestions are it's around it was around seven million pound in the region of six to eight. Um, we saw that the previous twenty million, plus maybe some Darrochet sales over the summer, uh, lasted what best part of a year, around a year, twelve months exactly. So I do the maths in terms of that that seven million loan. You know the, the statement, the, the club stance was that. You know, this seven million, six, seven, eight million will tide us over until the takeover is complete. Now you can do some sort of fag packet maths, and um, and it, to me, I mean, I've had conversations with one or two people, um, sort of close to it or watching on from it, and it looks like a few months worth, really, in terms of finance. Um, it takes us what late winter, early spring, March time, you know, towards the end of March seems to me like a period where things would in terms of the finances have to be wrapped up now i wish i knew the answer to what is what is the answer when if it got to that period and things weren't resolved or solved because albin would have to address it and it would become increasingly desperate i would say you know i'd with msd or similar firms how often can you kick that can by going cap in hand for more? I, d- I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I don't think we want to find out the answer to that. And if all goes well, we won't. Um, however, I think it's worth like caveating all that by saying, look, you know, Mark Miles in charge of it this side. Um, obviously, Ken's over here as the sort of conduit. Uh, but certainly on the Mark Miles side and other people uh, working and connected with him, they'll, they'll have or they should have um, that in hand in terms of, look, this is what's going on, this is what we hope, and this is what we're trying to do, but what's the plan B, C, D, E? Um, they need to have it in hand, and that's it's a tough ask, isn't it? Well, it, is a, it is a tough ask, but that's that's what they're there to do at the moment, and it's a tough gig, but it's down to them, I suppose. Cheers for your, uh, your question, Simon. Cloudy Afro said, do you think the away, uh, the away performances can be changed to reflect recent times? at the Hawthorns. Um, this questions that have been asked to Carlos Corbin, isn't there, Coxie? The away form obviously is not not great. Um, home form's terrific. Um, I suppose if they if Corbin had an answer, he would have uh, he, he would have given it already. But yeah, interesting. Exactly. Yeah. I I mean Norwich is a big test, isn't it? They turned over Hall, didn't they? Um, and like they're not as high as they want to be Norwich and I know Wagner's been under you know a bit of hot water obviously 
face him recently, Boxing Day, wasn't it? Um, but Carroll Road's not easy. It's, it's not a bit of a cliche, but it's not an easy place to go, especially in the championship, is it? And I'd, it feels to me like a tough one to go and win, and I, I do see it this early part of the week, a, a draw. However, uh, I've stressed this multiple times. I'm glad we had a question on it. The away form does need to sort of pick up, really. Um, it just asks a lot of the Hawthorns to stay where Albion want to be and continue this. I think I read and, and wrote over the weekend, I think Albion's home form's fifth best in the division, which is obviously where they are in the champ. And their away form's 16th, I think. Um, 15th, 16th, which is that's quite a disparity, isn't it? I mean, work to do, really. It's not been terrible, but they'd, they'd, they'd want to get it higher. You'd want to be certainly in the top half of away sides. And so there's a massive test to do it at Norwich. Won't be easy. Um, I could see a nil nil or a 1 1. And I don't think it'd be the worst point in the world. I really don't. A disappointment on the road last time, wasn't it, Swansea? Um, Disappointing that I've still got my cough I picked up in Swansea. I'll tell you that much. But um, the old Swansea cough. Yeah, you take take. I I don't know. I I I think Albion should go there aiming to win. But I think your most most many supporters take a point if you offered it to them beforehand, perhaps. But that's that's on the basis of the confidence at home, isn't it? And thinking, oh, it's, it's, I mean, to me, the home form's just going to continue. You know, not going to win every game, but by and large going to get the points they need there and it's it's just why you struggle to see Albion fourth or higher isn't it because they, they don't do it away now you, you hope the home record and what they pick up on the road is is sort of enough to you know, keep hold of that fifth the sixth and five five point buffer to the teams down in seventh isn't it Johnny up from from over the weekend which is which is massive which is crucial and you know, if, if Alvin can find a way to sort of keep that buffer, keep teams at arm's length, it, it'll be huge. Just that little bit of wriggle room and breathing space. Um, and as we spoke about at the top, with hopefully attackers coming in soon, as far as we're, you know, we've reported and we're led to believe and understand, hopefully the attack line will be bolstered. I don't see why um, that shouldn't be, hopefully, before Albion next play. Um Grady Dean Garner isn't going to be in Africa for too long, is he? He should, you know, end of the month, hope he's back and Wallace and Swift in and around it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it bodes well, I would say, for the, the immediate games ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom WBA said, is Patel's bid alone or a group? Um, Wording previously suggested American offer is a consortium. Um, he's also asked a question that's probably going to be quite hard to answer. Furthermore, if a bid is successful, um, hopefully, considering a report he'd already spoke to footballing staff, can you see him focusing on improving infrastructure, um, stadium slash academy? I think that's probably a, quite early to ask that question. But the the first one, Cocky, there has been references from certain areas of a consortium. Um, but is it just, as we understand it, Shilling Patel and, and their family asked, business going for it? I've asked around, Johnny, actually, and um, still waiting for clarity, really. is That's a bit of an unknown at the moment. Um Either is possible. Um, I guess it's one we'll have to wait and see or see what emerges. Um, either is possible. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a benefit either way. Look, I think there's pros and cons to to it being a loan figure or you know being one of more than one investors. I think I think from what I understand and what I gather, he he will be the figurehead. You know, he'll be the 
the name, the face. You know, if it is more than one person, it'll be his group, his consortium, for want of a better word. But it may just be a not necessarily a family thing, but you know, him at the head of it, and then close allies, be it family, friends, your business partners, or whatever, you're behind him. And you know, whenever hopefully he's over it, you know, in the black country, he's got his sort of close confidants with him. But in terms of it being you know, Shilin Patel and another name equal there with him, we haven't heard that yet. We don't know that yet. That's not saying it couldn't happen. But from what I've heard and I understand from sort of sources and contacts, he's he's the figurehead of it. So, um, so yeah, it remains to be seen. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, OK, he's not worked in football before, hasn't he? But we talked about finances earlier. And the, the finances mean little, don't we? Does it, you know, we know the situation when Light took over and the, the numbers that were being banded about it. <laughs> It means next to nothing, does it? And that's all down to due diligence and uh, you know EFL and the Premier League as it was back then doing their doing their uh, tests. And we can only hope the owners and directors' tests these days are somewhat stricter, eh, Johnny? I suppose. Um, yeah. Well, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one that remains to play out actually, and and just how look, we don't know yet that Shilin Patel's offer or bid or approach will be this ultimate successful one, but it's certainly interesting to see the specifics and the exact makeup of it if and when it goes through yeah yeah indeed um one final question uh, we've got one here from carl burkett um on brandon thomas do we stick with a striker rotation of bta and daryl dk for 60 slash 30 minutes or do we think king carlos will play two up top um i prefer the rotation and one up top with number 10 interested to see what you guys think i, I was on a thing about this talk to you last night actually when i saw the question um I think that's what we'll see, the rotation. We saw it last season as well, um, when DK did come back last season. Um, it was a rotation. And I think Albion just look a better team. I, I would love to see Albion play more with two up front because defences, I don't think they're to play against it an awful lot because people don't really do it. But I think the rotation is going to be a benefit for BTA, for Darryl DK and probably for Albion as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked, um, one of the questions I asked Carlos recently was if, if he could see um, Tom Sante out left again, um, or again, sorry, I should say out left, as he kind of allegedly was at Salford. Uh, to which Carlos pointed a couple of examples of when he tried it last season and said to me he didn't think it worked, well, in as good as those words, and basically said, you're not going to see it. You know, I see him as a striker type thing. So I think there'll be occasions when, late on in games, when Albion need a goal, that both of them are playing at the same time. And maybe, you know, it won't be the two next to each other type thing as, as natural out and out strikers one might be deeper you know than the other or some play off the other one or something like that but but for my mind and money Johnny when Albion had both last season and when they were able to use both from the bench I mean, we mentioned earlier the the advantage of you know resting Asante for last week or the shot and seeing him fresh against Blackburn um, having both fit and available and ready to start and come in and out just to refresh each other to push each other if one of them isn't having the best of games I think that's going to be a, a massive you know again speak of you know Andy Wyman going into that as well but it's a massive boost a, m- a massive advantage to have both of them ready we spoke about it so many times about BT having to burden it all the season haven't we and I don't think I, I think he gets credit but that's been a tough gig hasn't it and you know he said himself there's been chances he's missed in games where he's not played well but there's been no one there, has there, to push him or take his place, you know, when he's probably knackered or, or anything like that. So I, I just think, 
and, and DK's quality, isn't he? We look, we know the big worry about DK is how he's going to return. But I think we've seen enough in these what sixty minutes now. We've seen him that looks in decent nick. Looks like he still knows where to be in terms of between the posts, and he's not afraid to be getting efforts off at goals. So bodes well, I would say. Um, but yeah, no, cheers for the question. I think it's just going to be. I think that the best approach would be to rotate them. I really do. I think it worked excellently for Albion between about November and Feb last year time. Um, and if they can have the same impact together, you know, in and out for each other, then it, it, could it be the difference to, um, I mean, not the difference because Albion are already fifth, aren't they? But certainly the, the um, you know, firming up of Albion's sort of playoff aspirations. I think, I think it could play a, a huge part. Yeah, hopefully that is the uh, the case. Carl, thanks for your question, Baggies fans. Thanks for all your questions. Sorry to all those who we couldn't uh, we couldn't get through. Coxie, just finally a little a little nod ahead towards Norwich. We've already talked about the difference between the home and the away for a long uh, long long trap for us on uh, on Saturday. I'll be driving. We'll uh, we'll talk about the the away days that you're you're abandoning me for um, on a, on the next couple of podcasts. Uh, yeah, we'll I'm leave that. Too, I'm in a we'll, bit of trouble, aren't I? We'll leave. We'll leave trouble. that one for now. I'll let you off. I'm in a good mood on this uh, on this Monday morning. Thank you. <laughs> anything to do with the rescheduling of Plymouth away? <laughs> well, it might do. It might do. We'll uh, we'll 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 talk about that. Might have to chuck it into alternative Albion and bring it back next week. <laughs> but no <laughs> Norwich been, away. If, if if it covers me, I've been to Plymouth too many times to care as well. So yeah. <laughs> well, Norwich away on Saturday. Norwich um, done all right recently. Obviously, Albion picked up the the victory on uh, on Boxing Day, but Coxie. Going down there, looking at it, it'd be a massive win if Albion can win down there, especially with the away form at the moment. Um, but would you take a point? Yeah, that's what I touched on earlier, isn't it? I, I, do you know what? If someone had a gun to my head, I'd probably take a point before the game. However, I'd be disappointed to see Albion go and defend and have less of the ball and Norwich on top. I think Albion are the better team and can go and win there. But I don't think a share of the balls would be the worst result in the world. But it, it would be a good statement when it would, and it would be massive in the context of the sort of playoff race as well. So, fingers crossed. Finally, from me, very briefly, Johnny, talk about alternative Albion. One of the things I hope to hear at Carrow Road, and one of the very enjoyable parts of Saturday's 4-1 win, don't know if you clocked, it might have been after you went out to interview fans, I'm not quite sure. You might have heard it. Did you hear the old um, Darrell DK Cedric Kipfrey? I did. I did Bono hear it, indeed. Got a lot of time for that. I, 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 um, yeah, I enjoyed a Colo Colo and Yaya Yaya back in the day. And um, if if it can exist to the tune of Daryl Daryl and Cedric Cedric, um, I think it could be. I think it could be a right little catchy ditty number. I think I'm I'm, I'm up for that. I've got, I've got visions of away concourses and folks <laughs> outside the ground going off to that one. So um, I saw a tweet after the game actually, sort of. Someone in the Smevic, I think, or, uh, yeah, also enjoyed it. And um, yeah, it was good. I hope it catches. And and let's be honest, big players, aren't they? Hopefully for for the remainder of the season, DK and Kipra. So let's get it going. Yeah, let's get it going. Pretty good way to finish the podcast. Uh, that one, Coxie, as always, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pretty busy few days for Albion for a number of reasons. And let's hope the rest of January remains pretty busy. Baggies fans, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, from me and from Coxie, Boing, boing. Boing, boing.